Oh, A.V., please do tell me that you're currently tuned into the Nintendo E3 Direct. Oh, ho, 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 Monsieur Peon, that is currently what is being displayed on my screen receptacle. Charming, charming, that's very fantastic to hear. I would be quite pleased if they were to announce the evangelical character from the hit Dragon Quest series called mm. The Hero. Oh, that would be positively stately of the lads uh. to do such a thing. Mm. What do we have here, Avi? I see Moth, and he's jousting with Link. Oh. And I see a man on horseback. Could that be... The hero? Ludicrous. Electrifying! Positively ostentatious! Repository! Monumental! Complicated! That was quite the doozy now. I think, Avi, the only thing that could top an announcement so bone-shattering would be Banjo-Kazooie. It would be absolutely meretricious of them to do such a thing. I mean, putting Banjo in the game so swank. Such a peacockish move. Why would they do such a thing? It's ridiculous. Some things are just too good to be true, A.V. I think that would just be a metropolitan, a, a, an industrious sort of a miraculous occasion. And absolutely. I don't think this mortal world is ready. No, 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 no. No, not at all. But what is that there? I see Diddy Kong. With his old pal Donkey Kong? And is that King K. Rool in the treehouse? It is indeed him, and who is with them in stride? Oh, that's Banjo-Kazooie! Oh my god, it's absolutely monumental! Majestic! Bombastic! Phosphorific! Their souls are positively vituperative! Interdimensional! Welcome, broadcasting for the entirety of the Super Smash Brothers community. This is Beyond the Metagame. I'm your host, Pion, this week, live from Germany. I'm joined, as always, by wonderful co-host, A.V. A.V., how's it going, big guy? You know, I've never actually been to Europe, so this, this, I guess until now. <laughs> Come on, bro, you can't be breaking the fourth wall 30 seconds into the episode. That's fair. I'm sorry, but um, where in Germany are we, and can you please show me around? So I've only ever been to one place in Germany. It was called Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. I apologize uh, to my German ancestors who are rolling on a grave right now. My German pronunciation, but um, I was there for just like I was there for pretty much a layover, and I was like just trying to get some fresh air. And I'm like, man, everybody smokes in Germany. What 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 the hell's wrong with Dusseldorf? And <laughs> I, I'm looking around. I could barely see because of all the smoke in the air. I was like coughing. And then I realized I was standing in like a 10 foot by 10 foot smoking area. And it was like the only one of its kind <laughs> at the airport. And everywhere else, it was beautiful, fresh air. And then like right as I realized this, I had to go back into the airport. So I was I, look, I got to say, I'm sure Germany is a great country, but I had a really bad like 30 minutes there. All right, great. You could take me to that one smoking spot. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the, the, the highlights of your Germany trip. All right, man. 
yeah, we're standing right oh. in that smoking spot recording this episode live yeah yeah so a- if you're here if you hear av like coughing up uh like a film of nicotine infused gunk um at any point you'll know why but av man how you been it's been a while last week we kind of took a little break uh it was we, we, we didn't intend to nor did we really notify any of you guys so i apologize we were looking for an episode last week but uh, i think it ended up being for the best uh at least as far as you or i are concerned because we were just both so excited to record today i think it's gonna be a great episode yeah man i'm really excited to record today it was a good break and uh i have a lot of a lot of things that i want to talk about and uh, i'm really excited to get into that today hell yeah man well before we get into the episode proper uh, you know, how, how has your, your experience been with Smash recently? I know you were telling me off air that you've kind of really gotten, you know, re-motivated and you've been learning a lot of uh, like tech skill. Like I heard you recently mastered attack canceling. Do you want to talk about like any of your recent developments? Yeah, sure. So there's this one clip that was floating around the Smash universe of uh, this DK player called IDK. Now, it, now this, this DK player is awesome. I've played with him um, at Genesis. He's a really cool dude. But uh, he recently absolutely brutalized this Shulk player on stream, and it was, it was really unfortunate because uh, it was two extremely quick three stocks. And in this and in this game, he it, I think every game he got like four or five uh, dash attack to attack canceled like quadruple bear. And the thing is that I've been missing that. I've been going for it a ton, but I've been doing the raw version instead of the attack canceled version. So then I think after I saw that clip, I was like. Nope, screw it. I'm learning it right now. And then I sat down and I practiced the crap out of it. I labbed something for the first time in ages, and now I am perfect at it. Like <laughs> I was so inspired by that clip. I was just like, I, I was like, I'm going to do this. And for some reason, like getting inspired and finally learning a new tech and getting and getting that like rewarding feeling of mastering of mastering this made me feel so good about the game. So I I kind of have this like reinvigorated spirit about uh about smash so uh that's that's where i'm at that's really cool dude i i it kind of you can almost really sometimes like the motivation can come from such such a, a weird spot like it might just be a clip you see it might be like you know a rival or someone like talk smack about your gameplay and you just kind of get this like second wind and really want to invest time back into the game and i've actually kind of had a, a similar experience recently i guess in terms of uh finding motivation to play because mm-hmm. I relocated. I'm I'm now a part of the NorCal community, just like you are. I'm, I moved from uh, Southern California to Northern California, and I've gone to a few tournaments here and gotten to play against some really good competition. A prodigy, uh, you guys probably know, is uh, a really great young Mario player. Recently beat Cosmos, who's a better inkling than I am. Uh, got to play against him, lost at a competitive set, and got to play against legit, arguably the best Diddy Kong player in the world. Uh He's, I, I can't think of one that's better than him. I mean, there might be an argument to be made there. There's, there's probably some like, like, I don't know, like Diddy Kong and like Peru that like I don't know about, but <laughs> I, I digress. Uh, and he's a fantastic player. And, you know, the competition in general is a lot higher in NorCal than my previous region. Um, but I've had a lot of fun. I've been getting like some fourth place finishes, some, some fifth place finishes, and some pretty stacked like 60 plus people tournaments. And I actually got to uh, play doubles with uh, someone who listens to the show. Uh, I, I met a guy at, at my first NorCal tournament. Uh, his name's Nomex. Shout out to, shout out to Nomex. And he's like, yo, dude, I, you know, I listen to the podcast. Oh, dope, dude. So so he's a super nice guy. We, we 
played a bunch of friendlies together. And then the next day we were in another tournament together. He's like, dude, let's team. Actually, I, I suggested it. He's like, I've never teamed before. And then we got second out of like 15 teams. And it was his first time teaming in Ultimate. So it was really fun. It was a great, great week of Smash for me. That's so cool, dude. I heard about that. And I was like, wait, you beat. And then you actually like outplaced a bunch of pretty, like pretty solid teams too. Yeah, and everybody thought we were like a static team because it was Nomex's first time at that tournament in a long time too. So people thought we like went there together with these like new dudes. Like, but we had just met each other the previous day, never teamed before. So it was like I think we just had that, that BTM synergy. Like yeah, I wonder dude. if there's ever been like two <laughs> listeners that show that like met up and we're just gods and doubles together. I hope so. I feel like there's gonna be something to that. I mean, he plays Pikachu, right? So it is a static team, technically. Oh, <laughs> you know, I got to hand it to you. That's pretty good one, Avi. All right. <laughs> yeah, man. I I, I want to get right into the into the topic of the day. Um, we're going to talk about burnout. We kind of touched on it previously in reference to you know us needing to take a break last week from the show, and and I know that we both you know had reinvigorated play uh, recently, like we just talked about. But before that, we're kind of feeling a bit of burnout in terms of, of, of the gameplay. And it's kind of not necessarily a problem, but something I've, I've observed in terms of the wider community and the BTM community specifically. A lot of people saying, you know, I like this game a lot, but I need to take a little time off. It's, it's just, you know, been hard for me to think about the game. Or to, I just haven't really wanted to play it recently. And people kind of dealing with that and, you know, reacting to that. And I just want to, like, acknowledge it talk about the pros and the cons and just kind of explore the concept of of being you know a little burnout of smash ultimate um uh av do you have anything to say before we get into the episode proper no well all that and more in just one second Welcome back to Beyond the Metagame. This week, AV and I are here to discuss Burnout and Smash Ultimate. Um, Abby, I'll let you go first with it, man. Like, Have you been feeling particularly burned out? I mean, I know I touched the intro a little bit that, that you've been, you, you have been feeling a bit burnt out, but like, you know, un- uncork that for me. Like what, what have been the causes of your burnout and you know, what are your thoughts about it? I guess, because I, I want to hear everything. I mean, okay, if we really want to get into it, it was, like, partially environmental, partially, like, due to work, and and then at some point, it kind of became habitual. Uh, let me elaborate. So, at the beginning, I was, like, I had a ton of a ton of things to do with work. I was, um, I was basically pushing on with some, with some side projects that didn't really have to do with, um, getting better at Smash, and then at some point, like, I missed enough tournaments, and then I, it just kind of, like rolled out of control i was still like i was still kind of playing games with the btm community and i was still playing quick play i was still trying to keep my chops up but for some reason like i just lost this love of of maybe going to the tournaments and i think it's weird because i think it's because it's specifically because and which something i will get into later today it was because of a i guess maybe a a a lost connection to the community 
and I felt like I didn't have as much that was bringing me to tournaments as I did before. As you know, like we're both from the same region. We're both from this like really, really tight knit region. And while everyone here in NorCal is awesome and I really love all the people that I've hung out with and I've made a lot of really good friends, I think there was this like something that was missing for a while that I just haven't been able to reignite here. And that's been my reason for kind of burning out from uh, from some of the tournaments that I've been going to. Well, that's kind of compelling, actually, because it puts you in the same shoes as many of A, our listeners and B, just other people who are just getting into Smash Ultimate. Maybe Smash Ultimate is their first competitive Smash game, or maybe it's their first time kind of like trying to go to tournaments. And you're kind of in their shoes right now. Like you don't really have a network of people in your local scene that you are like super close with that, you know, you, you, you've made all these memories with. You're kind of a, a newcomer in a, in a, in a faraway land, uh, even though it is your home now. And that's kind of compelling. I mean, as someone that loves the game, how are you planning on getting past that? Like, are you going to, you know what I mean? Like how, how does someone like you who currently doesn't have a strong connection with their, with their immediate region form that connection? And is it like a deliberate thing that you're going to try to do? It, it will be extremely deliberate. Yeah. First of all, I am, I am absolutely interested in engaging more with the community and it's not like I haven't, I've made a lot of really good friends some I'd say is like almost equally as close as from the people back in, in the central coast. But I think what's, what's happening is that I haven't been able to get those, those like homey interactions where you just, you just go over to someone's house without thinking and just pop open a beer and just practice. And it's, everything's been so deliberate. It's always been like, Oh, like we're having a smash fest this one day or we're, or like, or like very plant, we're like planning out like, all the times that that we're, that we're going to play for some yeah. reason there's something attractive to me about just like really casually just like saying yo yo let's yo you want to play smash and then someone just like walks over to your house in 5 minutes and i think i took that for granted so much when i had this like really really tight knit of group of people that were that lived like right around me and i think i've i think without that i i realized how spoiled i was and how much i just took that for granted <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, come on. It also sucks that, like, we don't... Like, this is such a Smash Bros. problem. Because in every other game I play that has online, playing online is is just as fun as playing in person with people. Like, you know, you play a game of League of Legends, whether you're sitting next to them or, you know, in Discord, it's almost the same experience, right? Maybe you can't high-five each other. But other than that, it's... <laughs> but in yeah. Smash, I mean... As much as a lot of people do enjoy online, I just don't. I kind of hate it. I, I It doesn't feel like the same game to me at all. And I don't want to sugarcoat that. I, if some people don't really, if people disagree and they enjoy it, enjoy it then I, I'm envious of them. I, I'm not criticizing that opinion. I just, I don't like it. And it, it sucks that you, you, you don't have, I mean, you kind of agree with me there, right? Absolutely. Like, honestly, as someone who well plays DK as technically as I possibly can, at least now that I can, I can finally say that <laughs> officially as technically yeah. as you possibly can, and I've learned ab- every every special technique that requires different inputs. And as someone who utilizes down like the hand slap or down B reverse and down B reverse ledge cancels a lot, there are so many things that I have to do that are like if if there's even like three or four. 
like frames of lag, it completely ruins my play. And, right. and it's, and it's like, it's so frustrating because I'm, I feel like I'm unlearning things. I feel like I'm just, I'm getting away with things that I wouldn't be getting away with. Like whenever I recover for free, I think would I have gotten punished on that on uh, like on land because DK gets punished like for everything when he's trying to recover, but then you recover on something on Wi-Fi and I'm like, did I just like become worse because I got away with that? <laughs> like I feel, right. I feel this like strange, like cognitive dissonance in the fact that something worked, but I felt like it shouldn't have. Right. 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 And I think this all stems to the fact that like, you know, you, 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 because you can't have that experience, that, that the same experience playing the game online, you're, you're dependent on playing in person. And when you don't have a community or a, a tight knit group of people that you want to play with and you want to see it, it definitely can make going the prospect of going to tournaments less attractive. And I've, I've said this before. I'll say this again. You and I, I mean, we preach on, on mountaintops, like Moses on Mount Sinai, right. About like the, <laughs> the, the wonderful parts of smash and why we believe it to be a, f- a fulfilling hobby and, and a hobby that, that makes us better as people, not worse. Right. You know, that's our whole thing. Right. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that, you know, at the core of it, people come for the game and they stay for the community. You know, they stay for the friends they meet. And if you don't have those friends, if your situation changes and, you know, what you realize that you've loved about the game is stripped away from you, suddenly the initial kernel, the initial game that pulled you in, you know, might not seem as compelling. And it's interesting. And I say this as somebody who's like extremely compelled by by Smash. I mean, I go to Smash tournaments. I don't really know the people that are there right now, but I've been going to them. I've been having fun. But I'm not. I'm also going to to admit that you know I'm much more likely to burn out or to feel tired of playing at those tournaments than I would be at a, at a tournament or a small Smash Fest of people that I I genuinely know and, and care about. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think I'm feeling exactly the same way. I feel like there's less barrier to entry. There's less like of this inertia that comes with. Um, with going to a, a smash fest or a low or a basically a low stakes event. Right. But then there's also this, this, the huge thing for me has been travel time. So like online has been all I can, all, all I've been able to manage because the travel time to every, to either people in my area or to events has been crazy. And, and the, th- and the funny part is, is that, like you said, we've been preaching this so much. I, I spent like an entire episode on talking about community building by myself <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, and I think, and I think, and I think about it, I'm like, wow, it's like, I'm actually being put in a situation where I have to, I think I'm the one who has to be proactive here and I have to eat my own food and get on it. I, I don't think I can just sit back and let stuff come to me like I did in uh in my previous region and i think that's that is the path forward here right but it's almost like you know it's like it's like this is the example it's like you you adopt a puppy from the puppy pound or was that, that's what's called it the pound and yeah. you love this puppy this puppy's adorable it it's its name is theodore and it like <laughs> it prefers you to all other humans it knows tricks you know it helped you attract like your and you know, inevitable wife, 
and you have all these great and then theodore gets hit by a car oh my god and you're like ah jesus theodore Dang. no <laughs> and then get this you're like man well you know i already i already have a full thing of dog food like i already have a bowl okay i'm just gonna go adopt another another puppy and then you're like you know what damn it this one's also called theodore right but you know you know like two months in you, you like you ask theodore like your friend comes over like theodore roll over and you know this one doesn't know how to roll over it just never clicked you know and then you're like man and you know deep down it's wrong isn't that kind of the same this thing is, it's like this is the most depressing way you could have possibly described it. <laughs> no but it's kind of it's so look, true though you're right but it's like the worst why did you have to describe it this way <laughs> Because that's how I'm feeling right now. I mean, like that's the thing. It's like you, it's it's it. When you have a great thing and and you've organically you've organically developed a passion or a community, you know, it doesn't feel the same when after organically doing it to do it deliberately. You know, yeah, it takes some of the magic out of it. I think, and which is kind of the the curse of. It's a it's a double edged sword. It's like that's what makes organic things so special, but what also makes them special makes them impossible to replicate. So, right? so the thing is, should we be chasing after replicating the first time, and are will we ever feel as good as the first time? Are, are we gonna eventually just just uh, lay it lay it down and just say, you know what, we're never gonna experience like. We're never gonna have uh, old Teddy doing doing the tricks again, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it's like so. Are we just gonna say, well, well, shit? Like it's we're never we're never gonna feel good again. Like what's the or as good again? Right. Like what? Wait, how do we? I, and that's the I thing. Like, do you just wait for something organic, you know, to develop again? Or you know, it's like if you encourage that, then you're you're, you're discouraging pro, you know, uh, what's the word? Pro- proactivity. proactivity. Yes. Right. And, and, you know, I, I think people should be proactive. You should, you should be the change that you want to see in the world. Right. It's the classic. You know, I didn't make that up. Uh, right. But at the same time, sometimes the sweetest things, it's like when you meet that cute little blonde at Albertsons and she's like, Hey, you know, should I drink the Pinot Grigio or the Chardonnay? And you're like, honey, you could have both go more to my apartment. And you, you share the white wines <laughs> And it's this sexy sort of a thing, right? As opposed to swiping right on Tinder and hoping for the best, right? Like, the, uh, but at least the guy on Tinder planned it. You know what I mean? At least he's <laughs> yeah. trying, right? All right, all right, all right. Check this out. Check this out. I think that like trying to get Teddy too is the wrong move. I think that's an insult to to your first dog. I yeah. I say you go out. You get maybe like a like a French bulldog named Hunter <laughs> and, and, and like, and, and you, oh, you, make, you, you make a completely new set of memories and a completely different set of memories with the new dog. I don't yeah. think you ever try to chase the old dog again. You don't, you like, are you appreciate those memories? I think you, you have to be, you have to understand it's not, you're not going to be able to replicate that. So I think what you do is you reframe and if taking this back to smash, you reframe, you, be proactive and you don't try to chase that dragon. <laughs> you don't you don't try to chase like that that one 
thing that you that you had before and you have to recontextualize your goals. Right. Well, where does this leave the attractive blonde at Albertsons? She still uh, wants some Pinot Grigio. Well, I mean, did we don't have to move on from from her? Like we still we're, we're still hanging out with her, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> are, we, are we two? Are we two timing this woman? Obviously, is that what you're suggesting? Look, 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 man. It's I, I, are we getting? I think we're approaching getting... the, the the limitations of this analogy. Yeah, I, th- I think we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So l- let's pivot a little bit. Let's take this back more. We've been on an epic tangent. Let's let's pivot this back towards the initial problem right and it's that that sometimes when it comes to smash the firsts are the the most intense the most significant experiences we have you know the first time that you make a pr the first time you win a tournament the first time that you you know win a win a bracket match whatever you know there's a lot of firsts to be had in smash eventually you kind of run out of run out of them Right, like Smash is kind of front loaded in the sense that when you first start playing it, you have so much to learn. Everything that you learn is so impactful, you know, relative to what you already know because you don't know anything. And eventually, you're like this like scarred up war veteran who, you know, is has has learned so much, knows so much about the world that you're just like this like cynical. Like you don't even want to learn anything new because you already have too much. <laughs> you already have too much going on, and that's kind of the thing. It's like, uh, what are, what are people supposed to do, Av, after after they accomplish most of what most people are going to accomplish in Smash? Now, that's what I'm saying, man. It's it was that's where I was going with the hunter thing, like with the French bulldog. Yeah, no, the, that that's like that. That was my pivot, like because because okay. because because that's how we're gonna because if what what we're doing is we're we have to recontextualize the game. You have to let go of the firsts. Everyone has to let go of the first, otherwise you're gonna be stuck chasing something you're never ever gonna be able to relive again. What you can relive is that there are new firsts that you haven't really thought of as firsts, right? Anything yeah. can be a first if you if you if you like <laughs> like contextualize it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, it's like this is my first time winning a tournament on July fifteenth of twenty nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like maybe it was your yeah. first summer win, or it's like your first, or, or it's like yeah, yeah, your, no. yeah, it, yeah stuff like. No, but the the whole point is that you're I, you're gonna have new breakthroughs that are not going to hit like the first but they but you have to appreciate yourself that that you that you are making these like crazy strides because the thing is is that like the really really advanced tech that you place on top of your already really developed neutral game pushes you so pushes you so much further because now you are in that even more exclusive group of people who like have a good neutral have this tech and now you would, you're like throwing stuff on so the way that you have to think about it is that like you're not you're not suddenly you're not just this person who's accumulating a lot of first things and acu- accumulating a lot of first principles you're this wonderful nuanced complex individual who has who is becoming part of an even more exclusive group of people every single time you like nail down another technique that's sure. the way i think of it and I, it's like it's like you're an mmo character who's like filling out the skill tree so and in this case, the skill tree is infinite, and that's the and that's the beautiful part. It, it can seem like maybe it can seem like 
super like overwhelming at times, like thinking about it that way, but you have to be able to appreciate and you have to be able to lose the ego of saying like, of, of saying like that or thinking that you're, that you're good or thinking that you, you have, you, you are like, you, you have reached a point that like, that, that is, that is amazing. Or you have to, or, or maybe you are, maybe you can be happy with yourself, but if you want to improve and you want to get those, those, those like firsts or those dopamine hits, as we've talked about before, you have to lose the ego and you have to say, Hey, but I, let me counterpoint yeah. this though. Like, like there's yes. something about like the, like yeah, you say that ego. there's certain things that I think are independent of ego. Let's say like just the general diminishing returns of like competing in smash bros tournaments. Right. Let's say you've been losing to a guy forever, you know, for months. And then he's like having an off night or maybe you're just playing on and you just body him. Like you finally get that first win. Maybe your lifetime you were 0 and 10 against this guy. But you finally, you finally make him bleed, you know. And, <laughs> and then you're feeling on cloud nine. And then the next tournament you go to, he just stomps you business as usual it's as if last week never happened and it's like that kind of crushing concept of like okay you take one step forward and one step back and let's say you know you do finally beat him again well at that point at least for me and i think i think this is a lot of you know people a lot of competitors i mean if you're playing smash competitively you're probably are competitive in nature right but you know, you'll finally beat him again, and you're like, okay, thank God I beat him, like like I like I should have been doing since I already have proven myself that I'm capable of it. Therefore, I should have been able to do it again, you know, more promptly. And like you kind of, I don't know, like after you do things multiple times, it it kind of becomes a part of your routine. It becomes like something that you expect of yourself. It doesn't become like this reward. Like the the actual process itself stops becoming rewarding. So, okay, I like that counterpoint, and here's and here's my response to that. Okay, the competitor in me, like the fiery like warrior in me, when I like when I get that win against someone, and then they beat me again the next week, and maybe I beat them again the like the week after that, and the win doesn't feel and the win doesn't feel as good. I'm not thinking about that. I'm looking at how hard I won. I'm looking at was it a real was it a close game was it game three last stock last hit both times was it did I did I beat him harder like this time was it closer this time there's so many micro goals that you can set there like when yeah. if you be, if you beat someone consistently over and over again but you're beating them consistently over and over again in game three last stock last hit scenarios you're not really like completely beating them, even though your record may say like seven zero or ten zero. You're right. just clutching out that one situation in game three. What you need to do is you need to be able to to not rest on those laurels, and you have to say, I need to drill down and reinforce the stuff that I'm already getting down well because it's not good enough. Because someday that coin flip is gonna not gonna like go in my favor, and I'm yeah. gonna lose that last stock last hit game three. It's funny you say I've actually like won so many sets like that recently, like game three, where I just kind of clutch out the last stock. And every single time I walk away, like this is speaking of ego, like every time I walk away from the setup, I'm just like, whoo, 
<laughs> Not you. Let's go, baby. He did it again. He did it again. <laughs> and I have like no sort of. I'm so dishonest with myself about like how close so many of the sets I win are. Every time I win, I just as I, I, it's a wash. It's like, oh, I won. No questions asked. How does right. that go? Oh, I won. I won. <laughs> I'll spare you the details. I won. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, I think that's a good point. It, but, but I, I guess I, while I like that attitude that you just described and like the kind of the thirst for for not just victory, but for really outplaying your opponent, for really getting a grasp and like maybe you beat him last week. Well, this week I'm going to like dominate him. Or I'm going to like, oh, I noticed this habit from him last week. I'm going to totally expose this weakness in his game that I didn't quite expose the last time I played him, and I wish I had, right? I think that's an awesome approach. But what do you think about, like, when people just feel apathetic? Like, sometimes it's like, uh, like it's just like the rhythm, of, like the, well, the circadian rhythm, right? Uh, this is a bad analogy, but the whole concept of, like, Sometimes you're awake, sometimes you're sleepy, and your body just kind of goes back and forth like a pendulum in this rhythm, right? It's like that smash with me, you know? Sometimes I'm in that bloodthirsty, carnal, wolverine, howling at the moon, ripping my shirt off kind of mode. And sometimes I go to a tournament, and I just feel like, like, why am I here? Like, I could be with my girlfriend, I could be you know, catching up on a, a show or playing a different game I've been liking recently or, you know, c- c- spending time with a friend or family. I don't really want to be here, but I'm here. And why is that so? And it's like, how how do you address that kind of pendulum swinging that people seemingly experience other than myself? I, I, I mean, think, well, first of all, do yeah. you experience that before, before, before you answer? So... I, I want to say yes. First of all, yes, I experienced it. I want to answer that before I go on any any more tangents. And the reason why I think it's easy to ignore that feeling is because humanity or our experiences are so current biased and they're so like they're they're so like timeline indifferent. It's we're always looking for uh-huh immediate pleasure and I, okay let me let me ela- let me elaborate on this Can I say right something? Like everything you just yeah. said i was like hell yeah and i'm like wait what does any of that mean <laughs> <laughs> okay okay let's 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 break that down so the reason that right now i i'm like super juiced like i'm really excited and that and that like i'm in this state of i'm i want to be a competitor because of that i'm giving all of this advice and i'm saying all of these things do a meta-analysis of what i'm saying I'm saying all these things that are like, yeah, let's go be a competitor. You're gonna beat him harder. You're gonna, uh, you're gonna, like, eviscerate him next time, even if you barely, if you, if you barely won the last time. The thing is, is that I think if you look three weeks ago, I was not in that state. I was in a mm-hmm. state where I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna try to play whenever possible. I'm watching vods. I'm, I'm, I'm being a little more relaxed with the game. I definitely didn't have this kind of energy, and. That's ex- and I think your analogy is on point. I think it's one of the better ones we've we've seen today. <laughs> but, <laughs> Come on, man! But, look, look, man! Look, Angela, someone's not good any Pinot Grigio. <laughs> all right, I bought that bottle. Oh God! But um, I, I actually I, I agree. Like you have to take advantage of these extremely competitive surges that you get, 
And you, <laughs> I'm still laughing at what you said. Sorry. <laughs> and 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 you have to be able to know how to how to pull back and how to maximize your states when you're when you don't have this competitive drive. Because I think that you're better at different things when you're in both of those states. I don't think I don't think that it's just a complete net loss when you go into a a less competitive or like a a low energy state. Because I think it gives you more time to be analytical and it gives you more time to maybe do some VOD reviews of your own game, catch up on the latest tech and catch up on the catch up on the metagame. And then maybe you'll find something that inspires you and then throws you back into in, in, into like the fiery mode. And I think this hot and cold, if you utilize it to the max instead of fighting against it, is really, 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 really helpful for people. Yeah, no, I love that stuff. I love that. And I, I think a lot of people, like, you'll hear people say that kind of abstractly. Well, they'll say, you know, man, just take a break. St- take, take a step back from the game, come back, you'll be better, trust me. And while I totally agree with that, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with saying that advice, I want to kind of explore, okay, well, how does that actually work, right? Like, what what are we actually doing here? What's the procedure, boss? And that's kind of the funny thing is I think we all go through it. And I think that like people, they do a good job of realizing when they're not in a state to compete, when they're just feeling burnt out with the game, people have a great sense of that, but people I think also don't have an amazing sense of when they're super into the game and when they are, how privileged that might be. And also like how they could best utilize that state, right? Cause you're not, you're not always going to be juiced. So when you are, you better make the most of it. Like you better, you know, gra- learn, you know, recognize that situation and say, look, I'm going to, like you did, I'm going to learn attack canceling or some tech skill, some like kill combo that my character has. That's really specific. I'm going to learn some percent windows for certain confirms, or I'm going to study like a few matchups. That I'm not very great at, you know, really kind of, making the best optimal use of the time where you actually are willing to put that work in. I I love that. I absolutely agree cuz I think that it's it's a lot more like going along with the flow of your motivation rather than just trying to fight it and be fiery the entire time. Or maybe you're you're super analytical and you're trying to be cold the entire time. And like sometimes like this like this this raging beast wants to unleash from inside you and like yeah, I, 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 the, I, I mean, I that was me. That, that was me at Albertsons, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> you just you had to unleash the French bulldog within. All right, Hunter, it's your turn. <laughs> who, who, who in the, I, I, I don't mean to pull a Michael Vick here, bud, but who do you got in the fight? Oh Theodore or Hunter in a 1v1? Uh, Hunter, man. Hunter. Hunter's like actually you act you didn't actually buy a French bulldog you accidentally bought uh, a honey badger. What? <laughs> I don't know. Hunter's Hunter just feels like a honey badger in a in a dog's body. Okay. Like, so Hunter's taken down. Are, hun- the, are honey badgers known for fighting? Like what? Are, what are you talking about? Yeah, I think they are. I don't know. There's there's like internet meme about them that they're like these like really badass animals. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I've seen that video. Okay, but I didn't disclose what breed Theodore was. I just I got him from the pound. Actually, I might have said he was a golden retriever. I was imagining a golden Honey retriever. Honey badger don't care, dude. It's like- <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. I, I, I'll I'll give this this round one to Hunter. All right. <sighs> but you were talking about the beast unleashing. Yes. Yeah. It's like some, and I think trying to control 
your your different your different states is sometimes detrimental. Um, I think that one of the most important things is when you're in a state where uh, you're in a bit of a rut and you haven't gone to tournaments lately, and you're starting to get into this in into this like a uh, habitual burnout. And that, that's the really concerning time because if you go into a rest period and then you never come out of it because you just kind of get used to being in that period, that's the time where you're going to be, where you, where you actually, you might actually need help. Now, there's a few studies on this. So one of the, there's some studies on burnout and about alleviating burnout symptoms. And uh, we and there we have one by uh, Arnold Baker and uh, Patricia Costa who find that Employees with heart with high levels of burnout need help in structural in structurally changing their working conditions and health status. So there is some stuff about in the literature about how you can't always only rely on yourself, and you have to be okay um, taking help from other people. And this uh, this finding is actually replicated in in some other meta analyses of this uh, the, with like similar studies. And I think I agree. I think burnout sometimes requires structural intervention. Well, interesting. So where would people derive this structural intervention? Um, so I think you have to in the Smash community because there's not because the infrastructure for for like for support is a lot different. Obviously at your job, your employer has some kind of incentive to keep you around. You're because you you're providing value to the company, you're doing your job. Yeah. So, but in Smash, it's like, what is your, what what is your like, what is the community's incentive to keep you around? So hmm. I think the more, so the more you think well, if about, if I want to get dunked on by a wolf, I guess they could keep <laughs> me around. Right, but then I mean that that's, but it's not like, but you haven't like really ingrained yourself in the community yet, right? You haven't sure. found something that'll keep you coming back every time. So what I'm thinking. Right is that you need to basically proactively find friends. It's like going to go, going to the gym. Proactively find friends that are going to hold you responsible and make you feel bad for not showing up. Or like you, an you AA meeting. You need, like, <laughs> you, need to build, you need to build like a support network. I mean, I say, I don't, I say that not lightly. I mean, right. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, we're not going to, I think, I think it's, you're exactly right in terms of like understanding the support aspect of it. I think I want to use the gym metaphor because it's a little because I, I think that'll probably apply to a wide to 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 like to a wide group of people because I sure. think that sure but like <laughs> you know you think of support network you like hey my name is Dane and I am currently you know, burnt out on Smash Ultimate it's like the whole no is that just me no, I'm, you, no I, I won't I won't leave you hanging here because I, I I agree I think I think maybe if there was some kind of support network it would work I actually because I, I think that talking to people and interact and like t- talking about your problems is super important. So I'm with you. I, I, I think, I think like having this is important, but again, okay, we don't but have put it into a smash context. Yeah. Like, like how would you find a role that would, that would suffice uh, to fill this, this need within the smash community? That could be an example of how you see this actually working out. Well, it's like a gym buddy. It's like the easiest way is finding is finding one person and saying, Hey, you got to like, just make, becoming good friends with them saying, Hey, hold me accountable. Like make like make me feel bad if I don't show up. Like like we said, like going to tournaments shouldn't feel like a bad thing. 
I don't like, want. Going, I don't want. I don't want to like knock out a tournament. Like, oh, oh no, Brian's gonna be pissed if like, I don't show up. Uh, f- fuck that, dude. I don't want that burden. <laughs> like, I want to go up. I don't want to go because I want to do it. I don't want to go. This is my not boy... okay. Well, well, the thing is, you're clearly motivated, self motivated enough to go. This is no, not. No, but, but if I, but if I, but if I'm not self motivated to go, I just don't want to go. I don't want to f- not go because Brian is like, hey man, I really wanted to, you know play a friendly match with you it's like nah screw you brian i don't want to, i don't like, need your you your your you leech look uh, like so, i don't know brian seems like a great guy well let's say this let's say this i don't like your example there i i, I but i do agree with what you're saying you know one step oh like withdrawn like you know maybe imp- put yourself in a position of leadership like you know like get yourself like uh, a side gig right um start commentating start or maybe bring be responsible for the stream setup maybe like um you know play doubles with with brian or someone else right like like, like if there's a doubles uh, event at your local or whatever yeah like taking an actual position of leadership maybe try to qualify for a pr spot like you know you know, like work with the community to, to provide PR incentives like that require tournament attendance, stuff like that. I think is great for this sort of thing. But right, I um, mean, it's not obviously. I'm just you, you can't just go up to someone and say, "Hey, make me feel bad if you don't show up," or like, or like do, or, or like, like you can't just like artificial. It's really hard to artificially do that. But sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Well, give not, me give me a practical, give me a realistic example of that. I mean, I don't understand. Well, it, like like I said, it's just like it's like you become good friends with someone, and then it's kind of innate. Like you won't, you don't have to tell, you don't have to like. It's like if you become really good friends with someone, and you and you play a lot of friendlies with them, you play a lot of friendlies with them outside of the game, and you both go to the same local every time. It's an innate psychological, uh, like feeling that you say, okay, I this is the time I get to hang out with this one friend, or like I'm gonna go, I'll yeah. go meet him. We're, we're gonna go hang out. It, I'm not. Yeah, maybe you could I'm like carpool saying, with somebody or something like that. Just, Exactly. That's that's another really good example of yeah, how yeah. to enforce that, like structurally. But, but yes, like I'm not I'm not yeah. saying to go it, out there. Look, and, if somebody walked into me at a tournament, was like, "Hey, Peon, uh, I, you know, you're my homie, dude. I just I really want to see you every Thursday. So just like if I don't come to these tournaments, just like message me and like ask me to come <laughs> next week. I'm like, dude, never talk to me again. <laughs> but if someone was like, "Yeah, bro, want a carpool next week?" I'd be like, "Sure," and that would be a yeah. sneaky way to like build some kinship for sure. No, I like I actually like what you brought up because I mean you don't want to ever have to like put it put the burden on someone else for you to show up. I don't I, I think that's like I think that's kind of selfish. So I agree. I, I think I don't you shouldn't have to burden someone else. But I, I the way that I that I wanted to more clearly describe it, which you got out of me, thank you for making me clarify, is that you have to like build these relationships and you have to proactively like integrate yourself into the community so that so that there's something like holding you there. There's something like you're it's like in the it's like in finding nemo when when they're when 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 they're in the like the when the fishermen catch a bunch of the fish yeah it's like the fish in the center aren't moving anywhere like those guys are stuck because they've they've like they they're so like deep in the community our analogies are super <laughs> weird today <laughs> No, I like that one. I thought yeah, those, yeah, those guys are stuck, but the guys yeah. on the fringe, they don't have many interactions. They're not that they're not that like they're 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 not that integrated, so it's really easy for them to slip away and for yeah. no one to remember, no one to no one to feel anything. So there's right. no there's not you haven't created all these loose ties with people that kind of psychologically associate like good feelings with showing up to a certain place or so it I think it's a lot about 
helping is like finding ways to help yourself, but also creating relationships that allow you to just maximize the maximize your your like happiness in the in the community. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like you can you can kind of socially tether yourself, and 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 while you'll also feel more responsible to go, which has potential drawbacks, you'll also enjoy it more, right? Um, yeah. And and I guess when it comes down to like you know burnout, part of to me like what we outlined earlier, part of what consists or what contributes to the burnout is a lack of like meaningful social interaction at your tournaments, or you know, or in your greater Smash community. So I think like if you do want to be the best player you can be, at least thinking about this stuff is 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 helpful. Like, I can't imagine many top players became top players, you know, in a community they despised or like without having friends to like show up with, you know, in these kind of at, at the period where they were still mid-level players, you know, on the rise. You you kind of need to build these these networks. It's it's an unfortunate consequence. It, well, it's it's unfortunate and fortunate. Either way, there's a consequence of having terrible online. You know, like <laughs> like this is the stuff. This is the world we live in. This is the reality of the situation. I think it's good. In some sense, it's good because it like it does allow you to create more of these bonds and kind of helps you, and it helps you uh, just practice being a real person. <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah, building real <laughs> skills. As yeah, opposed to just like learning how to queue up for Elite Smash, which I, you know, I have done. I have done. See, my, my I just found out today my Ridley's on there somehow. I'm like, have I? I think I've played Ridley like three times and just never <laughs> played Ridley again on Elite Smash. Dude, I think no one's playing Ridley on Elite Smash. I think that's why you, you've held your title <laughs> for so long. <laughs> just my process of elimination. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I kind of like where we where we ended out. I think I think it's super important to to just create these relationships and make sure that even at your lowest, you always have a nice little support group to make sure that you're um, to, to kind of loop you back in. And I think that is what I'm going to do going forward in terms of like, in terms of building out like a, a stronger support group in around me with the competitive scene. And I think once I start proactively doing that, we're going to see some results. Cool, man. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the updates. I think I'm going to try to do the same thing. My particular plan of attack is I want to get on the mic more and commentate, um, you know, and, and do a good job so they feel like, man, I wish Piano was here to commentate. You know, like, I like mm-hmm. having that that kind of, like, side role to do a tournament. It's fun for me. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I, I've been kind of apathetic about doing it recently, but I'm going to intentionally do so, hoping that it will keep me coming, you know, in the future. Um mm-hmm. AV, I think that we kind of wrapped up everything I wanted to talk about in terms of, of burnout. I think we did like a pretty great deep dive into all this stuff. And I, I guess I challenged the, the people at home who are listening to analyze themselves. You know, are they in kind of that daytime period where they just can't quit playing Smash, where they just want more and more and more? You know, Smash Summit number two is coming out. They want to qualify. They want to watch. They want to improve. Or, you know, or is this like, look, man, the game's been out for six months um pretty much on the dot and you know there's a lot of cool e3 just happened there's lots of cool games and um to play and i you know i want to spend my time doing other things you know and and how do you make the most of those periods i want i want i encourage you guys to to do some introspection and to uh you know 
find out where you lie on that spectrum. Absolutely, man. I I second that. Well, AV, let's get on to some questions. Our first question this week comes from Minlo, and it's a bit of a doozy, so grab on to whatever you're holding on to. It's dark and rainy outside. Not much else to do but play Smash. Maybe try that new VR mode that was recently added. Why not? You boot up your Switch and don your Labo headgear, and as you hit the A button to select the VR mode, lightning strikes. You're now in the game your home and everyone that resides within is okay. Don't worry. And a patch follows the night of your entrapment and you're in everyone else's game now too. What's your moves? What is your move set? Specials, tilts, and why not give yourself a final smash in costume alt? And what character archetype do you fall under? Uh, AV, I want you to take a crack at this first. Oh my God. Oh, I can't believe I'm answering this without thinking about it. Okay. Cool. Yeah, uh, we're we're, we're to- for some for some for some transparency, we are totally spitballing here. So, all right, we cool. haven't thought about this. Um, I'm Neo from the Matrix. I'm like a version of that. So think, okay. yeah. So think, uh, Joker. If um, if he only had a gun, he had like two guns. I'm dual wielding guns, and uh, I don't know if you played like Lucian from League of Legends. Yeah, of that, course. So, yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like a. Like a so I have I think we have like some sort of gun like gun moves for specials so like maybe your specials would just fire would your specials would fire off like um like maybe like some some flashes of light and then but your uh your regular attacks would all be ranged which would be really cool like you could fire it's like like me gunner in a Mega Man mix where you just like fire off gunshots for your for your like f tilts and then same for your like forward airs. So like I I don't think I can go I don't want I don't want to go like too much deeper into that without like yeah. losing sight of that but yeah like just like Lucian maybe you have like a dash with your like side B so you could like oh, okay. strafe so you can like strafe around in this like two D environment I think it would be super How? cool like so you'd be like a zoner kind of a guy yeah it's kind of American of you AV to just be a gun a gun wielder a gunslinger <laughs> I like maybe I'd be a pirate yeah. <laughs> Oh, so like like a game like plank take, mixed with Lucian? Yeah, take everything you just heard, but make it into a dual-wielding pirate. I like that idea. Okay. yeah, and, I'm into that, dude. Oh, I'm into oh that. Oh, my God. I got it. From the final smash is like a Kraken comes out of nowhere and just, like, oh. Oh, and just, and just kind of slaps the screen silly. Uh, yeah. That is, that is, it's, I think, I think that is it. That has to be it. Okay. I like that, man. Okay, so I'm kind of like a big, like, think of like a Celtic, like I have a kilt. Mm-hmm. And I I have like a big cup of mead, and it's just like sloshing around, and it's like it's almost like an ink meter. Like I have to charge it, I have to like refill it, and I can throw it in my enemies. I'm like a a drunken brawler. What's that called? Like the the classic like martial art where they fight drunk. You know, like the wave the drunken fist or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm like that. Where I have this big I'm I'm drunken master. It That's what it is. Heads. It's called a drunken master. Yeah, but. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a drunken master and I'm like kind of bobbing and weaving, but I still pack up. I look, it doesn't look pretty, but it, it's effective. And I have a big, think of me like a Gragas from League of Legends. I was going to say that. Wall. I was like, did we both like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> where I just, I throw barrels of wine at people. And oh, it's just this, like, there's no alcohol in Smash. Like, we have to, someone needs to do it. Um, and if that's going to be me, Sakurai, then god damn it. Uh, I, you know, I volunteer as tribute. 
Uh, this is a bonus too. Av, would you <laughs> would you play as peon in bracket? Uh, you sound like a heavy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do weigh two hundred thirty five pounds. So I'm kind of a hefty Viking looking dude. So yeah, you know, probably. I I, I do play all the heavies, so I think I I would have to, <laughs> I do have to I would I would definitely secondary you if but it, it might be tertiary because I don't yeah. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm a fan of that. I feel like you'd be too lumbering for me. Oh, to be clear, I'm low tier as hell. I'm not winning a ma- like I'm never winning a major. Yeah. Okay. So my my character sounds obnoxious. By the way, my character sounds yeah. Oh, I would balance. not play. I would not play your your characters like villager players would like love your character. <laughs> yeah. No way. But, no offense to my villagers out there, but that just does not sound fun to me. It sounds it's sounds dashing dope. around with your gun. It sounds dope, dude. Okay, but that's why we're I think that's hilarious. Like I might play your character, but I don't think yeah, I don't think you would you would touch my character at all. Oh. All right. Oh, man. On this Sorry. One. Uh okay. So next one is Ollie Jolly, the homie. Uh asks, Do you foresee any sleeper picks in the meta that are gonna climb up the tier list in the future? Uh given no dramatic patches that, you know currently make the current meta irrelevant uh who would you like to see more of in the competitive scene either for entertainment's sake or for like the sake of a healthier meta and uh, ollie jolly does not exactly know what that means apparently that's what he says <laughs> <laughs> okay um why don't you go ahead and uh give the first answer then oh sure um so i i mean in response to fatality coming on last week in terms of like sleeper picks i think uh kind of those and to use his own terminology, those like kind of late meta characters are going to see more love in the in the near future. You know, the, the really difficult characters. So like you know the Greninjas. We saw Stroder do some big things recently at the tournament. Um, the Captain Falcons of the world. Um, you know, Sheik. I think Sheik's kind of asleep right now just because um, she was so bad early on, and, and she's a character that requires a lot of optimization. So you know, I I think that Pikachu is is a character that is so good i don't yep. think that people sleep on his skill yep. but i'm wondering if a lot of the pichu players who are dropping pichu are going to give pikachu an honest try just because there is a lot of similarities between the two characters um but i i could see you know those kind of uh faster archetype of characters that have crazy combo games like once people really start to to understand their punish game better and start to optimize it it it's super scary. Like that's kind of what happened in Smash Four. Like by the end of it, all those characters' punish games were just completely solved, and it was terrifying. I so first of all, I think I agree with most of your picks. I was I, I'll echo the ones that I was thinking about with Pikachu. Although Pikachu is considered top tier, I think Pikachu is is just so is like because Pikachu did not receive any hurt in the last patch and even got like a grab range buff <laughs> for some yeah. reason. Uh, I think that Pikachu is now easily one of the top five characters in the game. Without a doubt, more people should pick them up. Uh, I think it's not really sleeper. And I think, I know you guys probably have a lot of like uh, players of this character in your, in your community. But I think, uh, I think Inkling is going to, uh. is, is, is going to become more popular I think Inkling should be more popular. Just I, I just think that if the patches go as planned and Inkling remains more and more untouched, I think Inkling is going to climb to the top. 
And then finally, some really, yeah, I actually I disagree. I disagree. I think Inkling is going to be less and less used. Inkling was so hard, dude. Like as an Inkling main, that's why everybody I mean. says about their own character. But people don't like playing as Inkling because like it, she's difficult to get the most out of, and she's really easy to get something out of. So it's just like frustrating to like like messing around with her is kind of fun, but actually putting in the work to like you know understand her kill setups and stuff. Dude, she's so hard. You've like, no one's gonna secondary inkling. You've now described what a late game character is. <laughs> like, I think I, I think inklings. Yeah, uh, no, uh, you're right. <laughs> I just don't think more people are gonna start playing her. I think that the inklings are gonna start doing better, mm-hmm. but I don't think that there's gonna be like a new wave of inkling players. Mm, interesting. That's what. That's I guess what I was disagreeing with. Mostly. Okay, I can I can agree with that. And then um, Bowser. I think Bowser's going to climb up. Bowser, I think, has become has shown far and away to be the best heavy character, uh, able to make upsets on a lot of top tiers. And I think that e- I, even though people accept that Bowser's really good, just by raw numbers, I think Bowser will climb up the tier list. You know, one that slipped past us even right now, Shulk. Shulk's a oh. character that's so good, and you only see a few people playing him. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm terrified of, like, <laughs> late-game Shulk. Like, if... You know, oh, is this gonna happen again? Yeah. Where we just don't, where like we, where everyone's like, everyone said that in Smash Four is like, oh my god, Shulk, Shulk, Shulk. It's Shulk's gonna be so good if you, if everyone ma- masters everything, and then no, there was like, yeah. there was a few good ones, but <laughs> nothing, nothing really yeah. happened. Well, like, yeah, like Nico and SoCal and and Kome. There was there was quite a yeah. few, but yeah, Kome of yeah. course. Uh, uh, I, I had a great Shulk player in my in my region previous to NorCal, and um. Oh, so scary what that character could do right now. I mean, that people just don't understand. Like his uppies at a shield with smash heart just kill you at like sixty. Yeah, like yeah, it's rid- it's so scary. Like, uh, so in terms of what characters I would like to see for entertainment's sake or just for healthy meta, I don't really know about for a healthier meta. I don't really know if I have the the answer for that one. But at least in terms of entertainment's sake, I would like to see more uh, heavies doing well you know i don't really see too many you know k rules dks you know there are a few bowsers doing stuff you know uh, ddds i i feel like i saw a lot more heavies back in smash 4 and i just think it's kind of fun to watch if every like one every five or one every four sets you see on stream there's a big boy on there i think it's just so distinct from the other matchups right like it's fun to watch, at least for me. Yeah, I agree. And I think I would like to see some more Ken, Ryu, and Lucario. Uh, those three characters have, had, I, think, I don't think, have gotten enough love. And especially with all the recent changes to those three, we are likely going to be seeing more. Also, Marth. Yeah, man. I, I, our boy <laughs> Fatality last week played against uh, Sue in an amazing Game 5 set, Lucario mm-hmm. Falcon. One of my favorite sets of Ultimate. Go give that a watch. Uh, you know, just to cheer on our boy. Uh, fatality who unfortunately lost but it was it was a crazy set um finally av we have one more question from the homie leaf who asks how much time should i give to smash per week uh leaf wants to be competitive but doesn't you know want to neglect studies or other uh things that leaf finds important um av i mean i i have a feeling i know what you're gonna say but Hmm. go for it okay so yeah i mean obviously I would say definitely not. Don't neglect studies if you're gonna if you're gonna smash instead of playing. If you're, it's, if you're gonna smash instead of studying for something, don't do that. However, I think just like any other hobby or anything, you need to kind of keep up your chops at. 
the time is less important than just actually just booting up the game. So like if you want to get in, if you want to like be able to control your amount of play or if you want to make sure that you're not like losing your skill or that you're that you're not like training enough or too much uh just like play about like an hour a day like don't don't make it random where you just like on some like wednesday nights you you just pull all nighters just instead it's so much more healthy to just like maybe throw in 30 minutes or an hour like every day so just make sure it, it's the human body and your brain likes patterns and habits a lot more than it likes random like ridiculous changes so if you want to be competitive and you don't and you want your the rest of your life to kind of fit into that then i would recommend forming a schedule as as i said yeah i like it and of course like we don't know all of your you know the things that you have to do leaf but it kind of depends on the person right if you have you know um a few hours a day to give into smash you know it, 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 let me put it this way there's no set amount of time that you need to get better right it's about making good use of the time that you do have so look at your schedule and say okay i have this much time that i'm willing to put towards smash you know and then spread it out just like ab said you know like maybe you have five hours a week to do it okay do one hour a day during the weekdays and then on the weekend you know maybe you're out outside playing fetch with your french bulldog right <laughs> Uh, but Av, I think that's all the time we have for this week. It's been a pleasure, man. It's been it's been a fun one to record with you. I'm definitely not burnt out of this conversation. I could be. I could, I could keep on keep it on. Yeah. If we had to. Uh, but my man, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at a vaidinata. That's a plus my long Indian last name. And if you don't want to figure that out, you can uh, go over to the Beyond Metagame Twitter. Where can people find that Beyond? They can find that at Beyond Metagame. That's right, Beyond Metagame. The show that you're currently listening to is titled Beyond the Metagame, but Twitter <laughs> Twitter doesn't quite give a damn. They said, we only have enough characters for Beyond Metagame, so we made do. Uh, you can find me at peon underscore BTM. That's peon underscore BTM. That's Bravo, Tango, Mike for all of you ranchers <laughs> and something funny over there, Ivy? No, no, ra- ranchers are, are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's always so random. <laughs> and of course, if, go you're, ahead. if you're a rancher and you listen to this show, please, please reach out to us. Please. <laughs> I, I mean, I, well, okay. Um, you can also support us on Patreon. Uh, you can access, uh, you know, any one of our patrons can access our monthly show, Beyond the Beyond the Metagame, where our patrons actually curate the show. They tell us what to talk about, what bits to do. We talk about everything but Smash, and we kind of have a lot of, like, fun games. Like, in the first episode, we, like, had this long conversation with a Denny's employee, and AV, like, feeded me what words I had to incorporate into my, you know, next sentence. And it, it became this hilarious, like, improvised conversation. Uh, Shout-outs to Barbie from Denny's. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, if you want to check that stuff out, uh, you can support us um, on Patreon. And, of course, we also have merchandise, which will which will be linked, linked in the show below. Um, and, ultimately, 
no pun intended, you can join our Discord. Uh, the BTM Discord is a super awesome place, frankly. I've, I'm not really in, maybe neither of us are really into the whole Smash Discord scene. It just isn't our thing. Um, but our Discord is is much different than any other Smash Discord I've, I've ever belonged to. People are super nice. People are just kind of very improvement oriented, you know, both in and out of game. And it's just a great, great place to be, frankly. Um, and you can find that on our website and in the show notes as well. But that is all we have for now. Um, as always, thank you for listening and goodbye. <laughs>